Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello again. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm the founder of LTI, and I'll be your host today as we talk about plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis is a very common condition that is sometimes very difficult to treat. So we're doing another episode on it because we've got a new review to go over. This review is titled Parameters and Effects of Photobiomodulation in Plantar Fasciitis, a Meta-Analysis and Systematic Review. It's published in 2019 in the journal Photobiomodulation, Photomedicine, and Laser Surgery. And it's pretty great because it is a systematic review. So that means we've got a lot of studies pooled together to look at the effects of light therapy, laser therapy, on plantar fasciitis. So we're getting right into it here, but again, a quick plug. If you're interested in learning more about how to apply laser therapy successfully in clinical practice, I highly encourage you to get a hold of us. You can go to the website, lasertherapyinstitute.org, and look and see what our programs have to offer. We can help you get your patients better success through laser therapy in clinic. But let's get right into what is plantar fasciitis? What does it feel like? What are the diagnostics you need to get into as a clinician to know what the patient is dealing with? And uh, number one, plantar fasciitis is a degenerative inflammatory condition of the plantar fascia on the bottom of the foot. Normally, the symptoms are those really sharp, pretty intense pains that patients will get in those first few steps after resting, sleeping, or sitting for a long time. That's the classic sign right there. Number one, listen for that in the patient's history. As Doc, as soon as I get up in the morning, it is just really bad, but after I've taken a few steps, you know, it starts to get a little bit better. That should perk up your ears right there because it's one of the hallmarks of plantar fasciitis, but that's not the only thing you need to do for your diagnostics. The next thing you need to do is that physical exam. Get in there, start feeling of the heel, the plantar surface of the foot, find those tender points, In most cases, you're going to find them around the heel and then just anterior to the heel on the bottom of the foot. One test you can do is a heel squeeze where you don't actually push on the bottom of the foot but on the sides of the heel. In most plantar fasciitis cases, that will be positive. The patient will get a lot of sensitivity just squeezing on the medial and lateral sides of that calcaneus down towards that heel fat pad. Next thing you can do is you can shoot x-rays to ensure that you don't have any kind of bone spur formation. Uh, Bone spurs will form on the plantar fascia uh, origin after it's been inflamed for a long time or if patients have had ongoing larger amounts of stress and strain on the plantar fascia. The point of getting that x-ray is to make sure that you know what kind of length of time this is going to take to resolve because... In general, if there's bone spur formation, if there is calcification there, it's going to take the patient longer to get better, no matter what treatment you do. On the flip side of that, if there's not a bone spur, then you could expect to see some more rapid changes. The next thing you can do test-wise is a diagnostic ultrasound to look at the thickness of the plantar fascia. The more stressed, the more inflamed that plantar fascia is, the more it thickens over time, and that can lead to ongoing disability. And this is a big factor for a lot of people. As a matter of fact, in this study, they say that about 10% of the population will at some point deal with plantar fasciitis. That's pretty common. 
They say that about 2 million people each year seek treatment for it. Before I get into treatments and, and what's out there, what you need to look at as a clinician, once you've got the diagnosis of plantar fasciitis, you need to look at the cause because plantar fasciitis is much more of a symptom than it is a specific disease. In, in most cases, you need to evaluate the patient's gait and their shoe selection, make sure they have good support, proper support, not too much, not too little. You need to look for ligament laxity in the ankles, and you need to go all the way up into the knee to look for problems in knee motion. Look at the patient as they walk barefoot, if they can stand it, but also look at how they walk in shoes, the shoes they've brought into the office that day for their evaluation. That should give you an idea if they have some kind of gait disturbance or biomechanical problem that is loading that plantar fascia too much. You need to know that before you start recommending care because if no matter what kind of care you recommend or you do or that patient ends up getting, if they have a consistent biomechanical strain or stress on the plantar fascia, then the treatment, no matter how great it is, is going to give them some temporary relief, and then they'll be right back into the same situation again, and they'll say, oh, the treatment's not working. Well, it's not that the treatment isn't necessarily working. It's more that they have this consistent re-injury pattern. So you need to evaluate what that gait looks like. Do they have the right shoes? Are there other joint biomechanical problems? Look at old ankle injuries especially. Almost everyone's rolled their ankle at some point. That usually means the ligaments have been stretched out. Sometimes the ligaments get stretched enough that they no longer support proper motion in the ankle. And so then the foot has to uptake more of that support function that it's really not designed for. And that's what starts to strain the plantar fascia. And it can be strained for a long time before it finally gets inflamed enough for the patient to start picking up on pain signals. As far as treatment selection goes, these authors say there's a lot of choices. They say you can do stretching exercises, therapeutic ultrasound, uh, NSAIDs, anti-inflammatory drugs, uh, shockwave therapy. There are the options of uh, cortisone injection and other injection options too. And some of those can carry some significant risk. We know that NSAIDs have significant risk profiles, especially for certain patients that might be already dealing with comorbidities. But also, cortisone injections into that plantar fascia have been shown to lead to rupture, plantar fascia rupture in some cases. Not every time, but it is still a significant risk. So try to help your patients from a position of minimal risk and maximum gain. And there is a lot of evidence out there for things like good stretching exercises and bracing, nighttime bracing. Uh, and there's some supplements, again, talking about good support for the shoes. Like There are multiple factors here. Many cases you need to get into several different methods to get good results. But for the rest of the episode today, I'm going to talk about laser therapy because that's what this podcast is about. That's what this particular study is about. So the authors say that laser therapy leads to an increase in cell proliferation, microcirculation, vascular neoformation, and collagen production, thus decreasing soft tissue degeneration of the muscle, fascia, ligament, and cartilage. It also has an anti-inflammatory action that may inhibit and or attenuate the expression of inflammatory mediators and pain markers Therefore, it's a good way to help out plantar fasciitis. 
So the authors took all the studies they could find on laser therapy or light therapy, photobiomodulation, and plantar fasciitis. They were able to locate over 1,300 studies. They pared those down, sorted them, got it down to seven studies that are very high quality. And all of those studies reported beneficial effects from light therapy associated with exercise therapy or not. Didn't matter if they had the stretching routines and the home exercises or not. All those seven studies showed excellent results for patients with plantar fasciitis when laser therapy was used. They further saw that laser therapy presents no serious side effects like those associated with NSAID therapy. That's a direct quote from the study. So that's exciting because that means that laser therapy can be looked at seriously as another supportive, good, side effect free way to treat plantar fasciitis. What they saw when they got into the details of all these different studies they looked at was that a good schedule, or a schedule that the researchers had used with good effect, was about three times a week for about four weeks. And I've seen that in clinical practice too. Back that up. Many, many times you need ongoing care. You can't do a couple of sessions and think the person's going to be better. This is tough. You know, it's the foot. It doesn't get great blood flow. It doesn't get good fluid exchange. And the way that the foot is structured, there are pockets that kind of contain and trap inflammatory fluids between the plantar fascia uh, and the rest of the foot. So you need to have some ongoing care. You're not looking for overnight results with laser therapy, but over those four weeks, you should have some good improvement. Now, you may need to go further than that. That patient may need some more care past those four weeks, but you should be seeing some improvement. If you're not seeing improvement, highly recommend that you kind of rewind back and go, do we have the cause of this thing nailed down? Is the patient wearing shoes that they shouldn't be? Are they barefoot at home? If that is the case, they're going to be getting worse at the same time that you're trying to help them get better. And that means that a lot of times the results are kind of a wash and it looks like, well, laser therapy didn't work. Well, it could be that the patient is kind of unknowingly sabotaging their progress. So if you're not seeing progress within three to four weeks, encourage you to go back, look at what the cause is. Do you really have that patient nailed down for good biomechanical function, or are, are they continuously restraining that inflamed tissue? Concerning the parameters for laser therapy and plantar fasciitis, they saw excellent results out of 820 and 830 nanometer wavelengths, but also some out of 904 nanometer wavelengths. They saw good effects with doses at 5 to 8 joules per centimeter squared with those wavelengths. And again, looking at three times a week for about four weeks. That's kind of the average. If that sounds a little bit new to you, or if that is doesn't really make any sense as far as joules per centimeter squared or the wavelengths that are mentioned, get a hold of me. I'll help you through that in terms of understanding how to make sure that you're using this correctly in your practice, how to make sure you have the right laser equipment and that you've got protocols that work. You can get a hold of me by shooting us an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Our members have protocols for plantar fasciitis, and as a matter of fact, we just uh, this week updated our plantar fasciitis protocol to be even more effective. So if you're a Laser Therapy Institute clinic, make sure you pay attention to that updated protocol. If you're interested in getting a hold of some of our protocols for things like plantar fasciitis, go to the website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Browse around, look at what we've got available for you. You can call us, you can, you can even text us if you want to. There's a phone number on the website. 
Let us know what you need help with. We'll be happy to help you out. And I will see you next week. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.